Hello and welcome to a very celebratory edition of Over the Top, at least for myself. Here we are, Justin. One week left of the Premier League season and still everything to play for. The title, the last Champions League spot, the relegation picture, and you reminded me before the show, even a Europa League spot. All That's right. to play for. Lots to get into, so let's just dive straight into it. I'm Kyle and I've got Justin here. How you doing? I'm good. I don't think... Since we've been recording, we were just talking about this. Since we've recorded this podcast and we're in year three, we haven't had this many races going on at one time. Mm-hmm. All parts of the table. So it's very exciting. Conference League, Battle, Europa League, Title, Relegation. Ah, oh, it's good. It's real good. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember in my lifetime having this many things at play. I mean, granted, I don't ever really pay attention to the relegation picture like I have this year or since we've been on the pod. But, I mean, the last really epic final day I can remember is probably that Aguero moment, you know? Oh, that was crazy for sure. I mean, there have been other days. Um, the City-Liverpool last battle where City won by one point and yep. – Relegation battle a couple years ago where Villa probably shouldn't sur- shouldn't have survived that year, and they did. Yep. Um, but yeah, this is all going down to the final day, which is rare. All of it. And I feel like with the remaining games, you could probably make some pretty solid predictions on how each of those will go. But you never know, man. You never mm, know. You I never mean, some know. Of these, some of these results we'll talk about on this pod, I don't think you or I could have predicted. So... It's all up in the air. No, I mean, who would have predicted Everton's recent run, right? I mean, going out and winning a few games, they probably shouldn't have won. Uh, Tottenham, what has happened with them? And the Arsenal flip-flopping, flip-flopping the recent weeks. Oh, we'll get into that. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you're going to love that. Uh, Burnley getting three wins in a row and then crashing again. Uh, Crashing's tough, but, you know, going back on a losing streak and Leeds getting dragged. You know, it's hard to predict all these different things. And so Manchester United possibly being in a Europa. uh, (laughs) Sorry, I almost said Europa League spot. Conference League spot. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a real possibility. Jeez, it's, it's, it's wild. So. Let's get into it. I guess probably what makes the most sense is starting with the title picture. No mm-hmm. matter how much I want to talk about the North London Derby, I'm going to yeah, we'll get, we'll take, get my, there. take my Spurs hat off. But you got to start with Man City in the lead. Um, they had their trickiest game left of their schedule. Probably when there were 10 games remaining, we picked out this going to West Ham match. Their second to last match It's probably the most difficult the and, second to the most difficult behind the Liverpool game, I think, is what we right. yeah. Right, right. So whenever after that that match happened, that draw happened, this was the only plausible slip up that I could see. But at halftime, Justin, mm. City were two nil down. They were uh, a la Jared a la Jared Bowen. Yeah, yeah, that was West Ham were playing really well, right? And so they came out flying city. City had it all to do in the second half, but did I mean? So you're two nil down halftime. You're watching that game. What was your confidence level that City were going to at least get a draw in that game? Because I was like pretty comfortable they would get back in that game. And that's yeah. probably naive of me, and that was probably stupid. But I was like, mm, City got it, and that was I, all based on just the team and how they've grinded out results in the past. I mean, if you think that's naive, count me in that category too, because I was like 75% sure I'm 
yeah, City's got this shit. You know. Yeah, I they're mean, gonna, but they did. Them. They did drop points though. Yeah, they did. They did. They ended up like coming back and uh, tying two two, but that doesn't really tell the whole picture of the story because, well, first before City even scored a goal, I think this was early in the second half. I don't know if you noticed this, but Mikel Antonio had a great chance. Was put clean through on goal. I forgot about this. Yeah, it, it wasn't like a an easy chance, but he went for the chip from about twenty yards. But he had kind of an open goal to at least run at and create a chance. But when he goes through on that, because I was watching this game live, I was like, "Is this really going to be three 0 Because that would really change things. But it wasn't meant to be. And Right after that, Jack Grealish scores, and and City end up drawing the game two two. But they also had a penalty at the very end. Didn't go their way though. Mares, ah, uh, ah, uh, where's Aguero when you need him? Take up and step up and take a penalty. I mean, here's here's what it means though. I mean, well, should we cover the Liverpool game before we talk about the results? Yeah. All right, so let's do that. So I mean, two two, City get a result, but. You know, a loss would have been much worse. The draw does give them some sort of cushion because yesterday Liverpool went to Southampton and I'd call it almost an entire B team. Almost. Uh, due to injuries and some squad rotation. And they got the job done two to one. It wasn't easy. It was not it was not an easy uh result to get for them. They grounded out uh I believe Southampton scored first, right? Yeah. Yeah, so another comeback. Uh, but they have a lot to hope for. Uh, what were your main thoughts after this game and this result? It's just, I don't know. I feel like with Liverpool, you can rinse, repeat what you say. I mean, kind of like City. Yeah. I mean, they're both machines in their own ways, but Liverpool has just had this ability to grind, grind it out when they've needed it most. And You've seen Klopp rely on squad rotation more than I've ever seen him. I mean, he didn't seem to rotate that Dortmund side much either when he was there. I mean, I you didn't. Know, <laughs> yeah, you'd know better than I would, but as a as a Dortmund fan, but you know, when I saw Minamino in the front three, I was like, oh, this is straight up B team material. Not to disrespect Minamino, but he hardly gets any any minutes. Curtis Jones too, or Firmino so. these days. Firmino, yes, yeah, true. I, so. I mean, Jota gets more minutes than Firmino does. Right, right. But I mean, look, I knew Southampton would go for it, knowing their manager, and Hoodle sits back, so I knew it was always going to be difficult. But also, is the kind of game where. Liverpool can pick a team off like that. But it wasn't that straightforward. And at the end of the day, all that matters is they got the job done. But it was surprising to me that knowing how much the title matters to Liverpool fans, I was surprised that Klopp put out a straight-up B team. Like, maybe it's a little arrogant, overconfident. Liverpool fans won't care. I won't care. Um, they just got the job done. They got the job done. I mean, you look at, I mean, you remember the game. I mean, Liverpool dominated the ball. Southampton had four shots total, generated 0.1 XG. I mean, look, like, it's not like Southampton were that, uh, that dangerous. It's just they defended really uh, astutely. And, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, stout, I don't know. I'll, it'll come to me. Um, <laughs> astutely, maybe. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, that took a Joel Matip header. Um, I'm just looking at this, and one stat that I um, that I found going through all the Liverpool stuff before the show: Ibrahim Konate has not lost a match that he's played in or started in for Liverpool in 27 games. He has not lost a match. 
He's got 27 starts this year. In all competitions and has not lost a game. Okay. Good on him. That guy's a beast, man. I mean, I I know. I mean, he's young. He's actually young. uh, As Liverpool signed him and all the hype was around Upa Meccano Uh from the Leipzig defenders, like, I don't know. I had a feeling that Konate would actually be better. The dude is a beast. He's a monster. And we, and we don't know who's going to be better. I mean, Upa Makano definitely Your got more playing player. time at Bayern this year. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, he's he's going to be a great defender, I think. That partnership with Van Dyke for the next couple of years is going to be really good. Yeah, but for this to come straight after, I mean, I, I actually, it's all blurring together at this point. So I actually don't remember if we covered the FA Cup. We haven't. We haven't. So, you know, this is coming, what, three days after Liverpool had a grinding FA Cup win. 120-minute game, extra time, by the way. Yeah. Penalties, you know, against Chelsea. Chelsea loses another FA Cup final, but... Um, Small violin. Yeah. Mm, yeah, exactly. yeah. Exactly. But, so, look, to have this short of a turnaround and to produce something like that, even though it wasn't brilliant by any means and it was a B team, like, I get why Klopp rotated. And um, mm. just... I don't know. We I feel like more than anything, we should appreciate this moment in time with City and Liverpool pushing each other to be better like this. You know, it's fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, you can say probably the top two teams in the world, but then Real Madrid showed up in the 97th minute and had other things to say about that. But we'll cover that next week. Uh, so here's where we're at in the table. We have City at sitting one point ahead of Liverpool with a six goal difference, meaning here's the thing. I don't think they're going to finish level on points because for that to happen, Liverpool will have to draw and city to lose. And I, I just, that scenario was just blow my mind on the last day. So I I don't think that's going to happen. So Liverpool needs a win. A draw is not going to do it. They need a win and they need city not to win. Mm -hmm. And so what we're seeing is Liverpool's last game is I just had it up home at Wolves and Man City is home against Aston Villa. So both at home against in front of their home fans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, I mean, Wolves are not a bad side, but, uh, you know, for probably like the last three, four months of the season, they've just been kind of at the beach. It seems, you know, it's just not, not quite <laughs> the same team as they were for the first, like up until February, maybe, but, What's really spicy and potentially, you know, you could see all of these storylines going on on the City Villa game with a certain Aston Villa manager, Steven mm. Gerrard. Mm. He never won a he never won a league title, but if if he gets somehow if he gets a result against City, I mean Liverpool should just give him a trophy, uh, a medal. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's possible. So. I don't, I, 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 don't, I don't see either of these teams losing no. this weekend. But what concerns me about Aston Villa is they play tomorrow against Burnley. Another team, Burnley, having everything to play for right now. Mm-hmm. And so we've been talking about this a lot at soccer re- yesterday or you know this past weekend. What do Aston Villa do? Do they line up their their strong their strongest lineup or you know their best available eleven against Burnley and then play whoever's ready to play on Sunday? Do they rest some players tomorrow 
and then go full out to try to beat City on Sunday? Or do they put their best squad both games and then they could see some fatigue against a Manchester City team that doesn't ever get tired because of their sub situation? So mm-hmm. if I had to guess, and this is completely gut feeling, my insider, so I don't have a lot of insider sources at Aston Villa, but if I had to guess, I think they rotate a little bit tomorrow and go mm-hmm. full against City. Yeah, I think so. I think so. It'd be really interesting to get inside of the mind of Steven Gerrard because he'll never ever tell like, oh, I'm thinking about Liverpool. Could right. Like, no, you can't you know, say when, that. That's bullshit. Yeah. No, I mean, when Villa played Liverpool earlier, all the questions from the reporters were about that. And he's like, no, I'm a professional. Like, I'm going to celebrate when Villa, if Villa scores. And I think they did score against Liverpool and he did celebrate. So he stuck to his word. But yeah, it'd, it'd be really interesting. But I think you can rotate a little bit against Burnley. But as someone who doesn't want Leeds to get relegated, I know we'll cover it. I hope it's not a B squad against Leeds, but so many things to play. So many things at play. So that's basically the title picture. We'll see what happens. Uh, I'm very excited. There's a lot of screens that need to be on that Sunday. So what but, what is your prediction for the title? I mean, I said it all season. I think City get it done. Yeah, I, I, I don't see a, a reason to deviate now. I mean, for this scenario of City losing to Aston Villa, or even draw, I just at home, I have a really hard time at seeing this. Yeah, I see both of these teams winning on the last day, and yep. City, City get their one trophy of the year. And Liverpool finishing, that means they would finish with, what, 88 points, right? Do I have that right? Um, I mean... Uh, no, no, Liverpool would finish with 92. 92. Six. Sorry, I was looking at an old, yeah, 92. I mean, in the last 25 years, or whenever the English Premier League has been around, I mean, that amount of points would win you a lot of titles. Oh, yeah, um, I think anything above traditionally, anything above 85, definitely over 90 wins you the title. Yeah, just not when City and Liverpool are involved. What did City no. finish with uh, when they went toe-to-toe with Liverpool? They finished with 99, right? And Liverpool with 98? Yeah, I think, yeah. I think that's, that's right. Ins- and then, that's and then the year before, City, uh, I think they had more. City had 100, that. right? Right, exactly. They had the century, yeah. But what's crazy is, you know, Liverpool had the third most points ever scored during a season when they... Mm-hmm finished second behind city that one yeah third most ever just think of that and you don't win it yeah so 92 would be rough they've had an incredible season i mean obviously still four trophies at play for liverpool Mm -hmm. but this one's going to be the hardest yeah Uh, yeah i I give the strong edge to city here this is the one where i think liverpool fans have kind of not given up hope but i don't think people expect to i mean carabao fa and a champions league all in the same year you signed me up for that in the beginning of the season i mean as a spurs fan you'll sign up for that you know two five seasons from now dude i would have well i just thought so would you have (laughs) say just like four mediocre seasons the next four years say the next three years you don't qualify for anything the fourth year you finish fourth to make the champions league and then in five years you win the fa cup and champions league in the same year if you could guarantee that today, would you sign up for in five years you win those trophies or would you just roll the <laughs> dice and hope you win it sooner? Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say yes, too. It's just tough to admit, like, you know, I guarantee my team 
having crappy next three seasons. But just the thought of winning the Champions League for Spurs—that's like such a. <laughs> hey man, it wasn't that long ago that you were in the final. Yeah, oh, had a tough penalty. Speaking of Spurs, this is why I brought them up. Uh, we finally get to talk about them now. So we're going to transition away from the title picture to the top four picture. Before the, we cover the most recent games, Arsenal, last Thursday, had the chance to go to Tottenham Hotspur Stadium with a four-point lead, win the game, with, have a seven-point gap with two points or with two games remaining and just shut it down, meaning they secure Champions League spot at Spurs in front of Spurs fans. Instead, what we had happen, Kyle, is I thought it was a pretty even match through the first 20 minutes from a neutral's perspective. I thought it relatively even. The teams were feeling them out. Yeah, agreed. Then Rob Holding did something crazy. I mean, Rob Holding was doing something crazy from like the first minute. Yeah, that's fair. I mean... You did have a little sun elbow there. If you go to yeah. AFTV, you got a little sun elbow. They were bitching and moaning about that. You know, it's true. It's true. You also had like a WWE. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm over seven. But Rob, Rob Holding did like push Sun off of him, or like kind of. They had like some weird wrestling match that was, you know, Holding initiated. But Sun did have the elbow in there. And then there's another one. I think the first, uh, maybe in the first ten minutes. Son was on the ground and holding kicked out at him. So mm. neither of mm-hmm. those things uh, were noticed by the ref. I totally agree with you, though, that it was even the first 20 minutes. I'd even say the first like 10 minutes, Arsenal came out really hot. They were the better team. And now the, after those first minutes, I was like, first 10 minutes, I was thinking, oh, oh no, here we go. Um, but Rob Holding, just on top of those two kind of crazy moments, I didn't even get a yellow card. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually am not remembering what his first yellow card was. I, I don't remember the incident, honestly. I remember it being a very clear yellow card, though. Right. And Same. on about, you know, Spurs get, you know, I'm sure we could talk about the penalty. Many say it's fortunate, and I actually totally get where it's coming from. But the more I watch it, the more I'm like, you know, I, I, I could see why the ref gave it. But even to me, it seemed fortunate. But right after the penalty, though, Rob Holding just barges into Son, like, you can see him step into him and, like, throw his shoulder and elbow into it. I mean, that is as clear as Clear yellow, yellow. yeah. I don't know what you're thinking and why Arsenal fans are blaming the ref on throwing this game. I mean, you might have a point with the penalty for the first goal, but come on, really? So that, yeah. honestly, even as a Spurs fan, that red card totally changes the game. And from then on, it was coasting it was coasting i mean after the red card it was one-way traffic honestly i mean two nil before half from harry kane and then sun scoring believe like right after halftime and so it was three nil your prediction of five nil was very much in play after (laughs) after that third goal but yeah i I, thought i was trolling when you asked for my prediction and and our good friend of the pod was like i think he predicted a draw and i was like five nil I wasn't trolling. I was I was in it. All right, it. all right. Let's <laughs> read you back in for a little bit. So, you know, that made it a one point game. So, you know, think of like, you know, confidence or momentum or however people I hate the word momentum in general, but you know, the the feeling in the locker room, you know, the Robbies yeah. were asked, you know, 
what team would you rather be right now after this game? Would you rather be Arsenal one point ahead, but having a crushing loss to Spurs or Spurs, you know, chasing the gap? And I believe they said Spurs at the time because of the feeling and, you know, the games left and et cetera, because Spurs at that time had Burnley and Norwich left to relegation fodder. Well, one more fodder than the other, but you get the point. So... Anyways, we, we anything else you have to get out of your system before I move on from the North London Derby? Not real. I mean, even Gary Neville said the same thing. But yeah, I, I what's weird is even though there was that one point different, I, you know, I didn't see Arsenal. It was all in Arsenal's hands still. It, it was. was all in Arsenal's hands. But it did get me thinking, like, team in the Premier League, a very young manager who can sometimes come off as arrogant. And I I just, I had worry. Well, I didn't have worries for Arsenal, but I was starting to think like I could see this really getting to their heads. And lo and behold, Justin, Monday mm. night. Monday night, yeah. Wow, what do you even call this? So, you know, they've been relying on the young guns and the youngest team in the Premier League. So where they are is a feat for sure. But, you know... Rob Holding and then a no-show in the North London Derby to this. I would say this is one of the biggest no-shows I've ever seen in Premier League with something really big to play for. I mean, I don't know how you can call it anything besides a massive choke job. Just a massive, massive choke job. Honestly, like, if you sat down in Alien and they just, you know, they came, you know, there's a big recent UFO hearing, I believe, in Congress, and so... You bring one of those experts and you sat him in front of the TV and you asked which team was better, they would say Newcastle. Mm-hmm. 100%. Or which team was had something to play for? Yeah. You'd say Newcastle. Easy. I mean, it wouldn't even be a debate. I mean, that's how bad this game was for Arsenal. I, I truly believe it was this terrible. I mean, you look at the XG. I mean, just the eye test, right? The eye test showed you. I mean, Newcastle was all over him, pressuring the whole deal creating chances you look at the xg 2.1 to 0.5 in favor of newcastle i mean it could have Um, been it could have been worse worse. there's a moment where jacob murphy was clean through on goal 2v1 situation and he doesn't put it away i I think ramsdale made one or two good saves it's just it was bizarre man it was bizarre newcastle didn't have anything to play for except Mm. for the fact that it was the last game at uh Tyneside of the season, mm-hmm. you know, of all the mid-table teams that don't have anything to play for, I think Newcastle, they're one exception just because, you know, they are now the richest team in the world with their Saudi ownerships, you know, which you've talked about on the pod before, but yeah, they, they dipped into their money bags in January, but like sensibly so. Mm-hmm. And now I feel like this summer is the first time when it's like, all right, what can we really do with this money? And so mm-hmm. I think a lot of these players are kind of, fighting for their future at this club to show the manager and the ownership, like, look, I deserve to be part of this project, which is probably going to aim to win the league in the next, in like five years, maybe. Yeah. Kind of like yeah. Man City, the Man City route. So. Yeah. I'm not sure Dwight Gale is going to be a part of that project for sure. Um, but yeah, I totally get your point. I agree with it. I don't even know where to go with this Arsenal team. I mean, Granite Jaka came out after the game and said, you know, if these players, and he didn't call anyone specifically, but if people, you know, if people on this team aren't ready 
to step up to the plate, they should stay at home. And I'm paraphrasing quite a bit, but that's basically yeah. what he said. What do you credit it to? Do you think the that Arteta tinkered too much and he relied maybe too heavily on the young players and should have switched up his lineup? Do you think the players just choked and, you know, bear full responsibility? Like where do you where do you put this on this last week of Arsenal choke jobs? Definitely. That's a good it's a good question. I think like it is a little bit of all of that, but uh like well I'd be curious to get your thoughts on Jaka's comments because I thought they were interesting. I have mixed feelings about him, but um I mean on some level Arteta should have done more to change the the game itself. I mean, to his credit, I guess there were like two defenders on the pitch at one point. So I guess he tried. So what that tells me is more than anything, that that game against Newcastle, that's gotta be on the players. It's gotta be. Um mixed in with some unfortunate like injuries to specifically the defense because you know Ben White wasn't ready to play in the North London Derby. He's he right. had to play in this game. Gabriel also picked up some muscle injury in the North London Derby. He had to play. And then Tomiyasu goes off injured at some point. So in the first half, yeah. It was a struggle. It was a struggle. But um yeah man the the big players just did not show up and it sucks because even I like a lot of their good young players, but Sokka, Smith Rowe, they were totally anonymous. Mm. Completely. Mm-hmm. And Ketsia didn't do anything. Martin oh, I mean, we were we were talking about in recent week last week, I even think, you know, like is it time to anoint in Ketia? Did we eat crow, the whole thing? And we're just like, you know, maybe not anoint him, but maybe we're eating crow a little bit. But he was totally invisible this last week. Yeah, and I mean, it feels I, I didn't feel like he was the one to criticize out of this game, but Agreed. like they did look toothless. But the one who the the Arsenal player who's young, who I am a big fan of, I think the world of his talent, Martin Odegaard, has not had the balls in the last two games. Like, because Spurs went in and they just roughed him up, took him out of the game. In this game, where another like with another kind of intimidating atmosphere in Newcastle. He just, again, just struggled. The whole team did though, but it's an interesting thing because I think the, I agree with you, the whole team struggled, but I'd say of like the front four, he was the best one. Really? Yeah. I thought, I thought Enketia was invisible. Yeah. I thought Enketia was invisible and Smith Rowe and Saka were anonymous too. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I mean, it's not like we're, we're, it's all, it was all bad. It's all terrible. I see what you're saying, though, because, I mean, like, he tries to make him tick, Odegaard does, but kind of like Bruno Fernandes, when shit doesn't go his way, like, it really shows because he's trying things. So, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. I don't know. It's It's all up for healthy debate, but it's all bad. At the end of the day, it's all bad. I mean, you're throwing on Lacazette and Pepe, you know, to when it was still 1-0 to try and get something back. Mm-hmm. You know, Newcastle score in the 85th minute. Granite Xhaka, I think for the second game in a row, has like a dumb yellow card at the end of the game. Yeah. Yeah. But the one yeah. thing I did want to mention, though, outside of this game, um, I do want to give Newcastle some credit, but I got to get this off my chest for Arsenal. They just gave away Aubameyang for free in January to Barcelona. Mm. I know mm. Aubameyang was like, Completely dogging it. Seemed like a bad influence in the dressing room. But he was their source of goals. And they didn't even replace him. 
Used to be their captain, by the way. He was their captain. And this was at a moment when Spurs were so far down and so low and in such a bad place. And Arsenal were like having this great season and they give away their captain for free. And Spurs bring in Kulisevsky and Bensoncourt. I think that's a pretty crucial pivoting point. But you got to say for Newcastle real quick, though, Eddie Howe, their mm. manager, mm. I think Big he up. should be... I think he should be up for manager of the season, at least as in the discussion. I mean, we often forget where Newcastle was when he took over, but they were in they were in the depths. I don't think they had a single win yet. They were over. I think they were in nineteenth when I'm pretty positive they were nineteenth when he I took think over. So. I think and 19th. Newcastle are in twelfth right now with forty six points. They could finish I don't they think could as, they could as finish as high as ninth. Yeah, I mean, they probably won't, but I mean, they're guaranteed like mid-table, which is, from where they were, a fantastic achievement. And to do that without any, like, I think they had one big major signing in January, Bruno Gimaraish, and we're like seeing how great of a player he is. But other than that, he didn't have... I mean, they had, what, Chris Wood, you know, um, because Callum Wilson was injured. Um, Yeah, you know, nothing that sexy. I mean, Kieran Trippier... Who didn't hasn't played as of late, but like he was five games, you know. Yeah, and but a lot of those Gimaraish were wins. Yeah, Bruno didn't play for a lot of that too. So like with the same players, mm-hmm. <laughs> he got yeah. them to possible. You know that kudos, man. Yeah, Saint Maximin gonna stick around for the project. Obviously, we don't have the answers to that now, but that's gonna be a to. fun thing to watch. How's Jolinton like? Actually, not bad. That's just like mind blowing for me. Jolinton and uh, who is the other? dominated Arsenal's center midfield. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I just, I I, yep. I can't believe it. Um, real quick on this one, Spurs beat Burnley 1-0. Uh, so this completes the picture where Spurs are two points up right now, and we'll talk Snoozer. about the table in a second. Wasn't that exciting, honestly. No. I mean, Burnley, again, like we talked about earlier, earlier with Southampton against Liverpool, they made it pretty tough. I mean, Burnley, yeah. unlike Southampton, had a lot to play for, though. Yep. Yeah, um, I believe the penalty was a correct call. Yeah, it's one of those where we've had this discussion of like, according to the rules versus how right. do I actually feel. Look, if I was a Burnley fan, I'd be mad because mm-hmm. like Sanchez's flick is not going anywhere. But if your arm is out like a you're like a fucking starfish, and it hits your arm, it's just the it's just it's, it's the letter be, of the law. It's the letter of the law, and I think of the yeah. It's a penalty, unfortunately. So, well, fortunately, depending who I'm talking. Fortunately to, but, for me. Yeah. yeah I, mean, so, look, I, I think I think Spurs are still good value for the win. Pope had two great saves, from what I remember, and then uh, mm-hmm. you no, know, Burnley didn't have many chances. But that being said, Ashley Barnes had a rip off the post from like 30 yards. So that can happen with Burnley. But look, it, they Spurs grounded out. They weren't great. They also had to play like. 48 hours after they <laughs> they were the first game on Sunday after being the last game on Thursday so they had right like, so they play yeah two no days rest. of rest essentially yeah so it's always going to be rough but that means Spurs two points ahead of Arsenal with one mm. game left to play and notably Kyle I believe they're like 15 goals superior in goal difference so even a Spurs draw is not enough unless Arsenal go to Everton or play Everton and beat them by 15 yeah 
It's not going to happen. So, so Spurs, the only way... Look, I'm trying really hard not to get ahead of myself. Yeah. Lay, so lay it out. What lay it out? What would need to happen for Spurs to choke it? Lay it out. It would take a colossal, colossal screw up, and they would have to go and lose to of all teams, Norwich, mm. lowly Norwich. They have to go. They have to go to Norwich. You know, but this is a team that. God, they just they've had like four or five wins all season, terrible record. The crowd has kind of been turning in recent games. So if Spurs get an early goal, the, the crowd will turn. And I mean, surely, surely they won't lose to Surely North. they can't mess it up. And we looked at Norwich's wins throughout the season, and it's been relegation fodder. They beat Everton, they beat Burnley, they beat Watford, they beat Brentford in November, pre-Erickson, like bad Brentford, because they started off the season well and then tanked a little bit. Um, and then Southampton, I think, is their... Southampton is their fit, and they have, they have five wins. So it's like all bottom-of-the-table form or teams. So to do it against Spurs with this much to play for and nothing to play for... Look, you, that would be, that would be a Timu Pookie miracle. Look, you know you're a Spurs fan when I'm like, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Anything can happen. Spurs would you say you're nervous? Bottle it. Would you say you're nervous? I'm not. I'm not. You're I'm not really nervous. not. But it's a possibility that I recognize. That's like, like a a small cancer somewhere in my body <laughs> that I'm like trying to ignore, but it's possible. Okay, how nervous are you halftime, nil-nil, Spurs-Norwich, Arsenal 2-0 up against Everton at halftime? Not, I'm not concerned. Okay. Yeah. What, Norwich goes up 1-0 in the third minute. Are you starting to get a little nervous? Yeah. I, I would be more nervous if it's 1-0, Norwich at halftime. But, like, look, it's Spurs, so I'm always nervous. That's just how we are, but... Son has every. I, I think Son has everything. Son will want to score goals. Is what I'm getting at because Salah. We don't know if he'll, he probably won't play the last game of the season. I doubt he would play. Yeah, Son is one goal behind Salah for Golden Boots. So if he scores a brace against Norwich, Son with his no penalties mm. to be a top scorer. And I, you know, all Spurs fans and a lot of neutrals would love to see that. I'm sure. I mean, either way for me personally, but you know, I think it would be a great story for the no penalty aspect for me. Yeah, with I mean, Son is just so. I mean, you'd have to be an Arsenal fan to hate Son because he's just. I don't like, know the elbow. AFTV's playing it over and over. The elbow. You know, that's classic, classic. But look, all things aside, Spurs, Arsenal, Champions League would be. I think both have had. They've both overachieved considering the big picture. And I think Champions League would be massive for both and would be a major overachievement for both clubs. So with Spurs, though, everyone's talking about, will Conte stay? Will he go? Will Kane stay? Will they go? If they get Champions League, I mean, they're not going anywhere. You'd imagine Kane would stay with Holland going to City. And we'll talk more about that transfer in upcoming episodes. But that you'd have to imagine if they get Champions League, he would stay. Where's he going, United? <laughs> he has a better chance of winning. This sounds crazy. But he has a better chance of winning trophies with Spurs than United. Wow, I never thought I'd ever say that. Over the next couple of years, that's 100% true. Um, one note before we move on to relegation. With that Arsenal result, Chelsea do guarantee themselves top four. Yeah. Um, 
So even though Chelsea have been kind of limping here and there, they do guarantee themselves top four. So yep. that was always likely, even though they yeah. made it way harder for themselves than it needed to be. Definitely. So last last thoughts. I assume we're both predicting Spurs for fourth place. Uh, I would be a lunatic. To, and if you can play that, if if Spurs lose on Sunday, I don't know that you would recover. No, I don't to do so. this which podcast is, which for is Monday. Why not? Which is why I'm not going to a pub to watch the the last last game because it's it's possible. Uh, I like we're I think we're slated to record next Monday. I I don't know that I would get you on the pod. I don't know. Uh, okay, relegation picture. A uh, lot to unpack here because in this picture we have teams with two games left and a team with one game left. So there's a lot of psychological warfare to be happening and let's start with the most complicated of all Mm -hmm. of all these easily easily and so let's start with everton they are in 16th right now with two games left they had they had it kyle they had a 2-1 lead against brentford in the second half with a win clinching themselves a place in the Premier League next season. Red card, Brentford go and score a couple in quick succession that I might add. And then another red card laid on to finish the game with nine players. What is up with these teams and red cards? <laughs> that second one, especially from Solomon Rondon, has hardly played. Oh, this game. that was so he's, he's like 34 years old. He's he was on the pitch for what, two minutes or three minutes or something like that? And just the dumbest, dumbest red card you'll ever see. I mean, clear, dirty. I don't know what he's thinking, but not thinking. Yeah. The other one, uh, you know, was unfortunate on the young defender, Branthwaite, I think his name is, but it's a red mm-hmm. card. He's the last man. So, um, yeah, Everton just. Totally blew their chance to not have to be part of this discussion. But look, I think they're I'm checking the table right now. They have two games remaining, and Everton yep. are. They have a point on Leeds. Yeah, yep. A point on Leeds in 17th, and two points ahead of Burnley, who are in 18th, that last mm-hmm. relegation spot. So this is all very up in the air. We'll get a much clearer picture after tomorrow, uh, Thursday, recording this on Wednesday. Um, they got Crystal Palace at home. They get a result against Crystal Palace. They might not have anything to play for on the final day, but Crystal Palace. Uh, is- they'll have something to play for. If they get a win, it's nothing. It's done. Yeah. If they get a draw, it's not done. A loss, obviously, everything's in play. Well, you say that, but what if Burnley also win tomorrow? So what? Burnley would be on thirty-seven points. Everton on. 39 and oh everton win then it's done then it is done yeah you're right Mm -hmm. because of leeds leeds only have one game left burnley and everton have two this is what complicates things here yeah it's true um everton against crystal palace at home is no i mean the stadium is going to be rocking even though that heartbreak against brentford you know that stadium is going to be going crazy at goodison last game of the season at goodison honestly the two best atmospheres i've seen all season Goodison Park when Chelsea came to town mm-hmm. and Spurs in that North London Derby. Both of those atmospheres were unreal. Uh, I would say the goodest. I mean, yes, the Tottenham one was crazy too, but that 
Everton game against Chelsea gave me chills, man. That was emotion was yeah. insane. The the fans like the all the cameras would pan to them like biting their fingers off and nerves. Um, yeah, it was like emotion versus like intensity getting close to hatred for the North. Yeah, Valley. like Everton is like people crying, chewing through nails and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Palace is not an easy team to get a result against. I mean, despite it being at home and the Goodison backed. You know, I would say away they would lose, but we've seen some crazy things recently at the Goodison. Um, I don't know how to pick this game. So the the crazy thing is, is if they don't get a result here, Everton, they have to go at Arsenal team that have three more days rest than them with something to play. I mean, at the time, Arsenal will have something to play for. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's tough. Yep. This is the time to do it, Everton. I mean, mm-hmm. even at least getting a draw. It'd be huge. Because of that Burnley team. So, I mean, a win and they secure it in one of their final two games. Palace is the one to do it. I don't... I, I'm 50-50 on if they get a result here. I think Everton are going to do it. I think they're going to... You think so? Yeah, I mean... I think they're going to beat Palace, sadly. Yeah. I would. I would love... In my ideal Tottenham dreamland, I would love for and have everything to play for on the last day against Arsenal and <laughs> beat Arsenal. Um, I think it's going to be a draw. I think it's going to be a draw against Palace, which will still give them something to play for, but a little more security. All right. Leeds United played last weekend. They don't have a game this midweek, so they are rested, but they had a dramatic equalizer and stoppage time to tie it 1-1 to give them a point. And that point, with their terrible goal difference, remind you, puts them ahead of Burnley by one. Burnley still have that game in hand, but that point was huge because their goal difference is like 17 goals behind Burnley and Everton. It's terrible. And so that basically is a point deduction for them. They go to Brentford for their last game, and Brentford have been playing well recently, and so that is going to be a really tough place to pick up points. Kyle, am I out of pocket to say that Leeds need at least a point to have a chance? Um, I see what you're saying, but I think it, I think it more relies on Burnley. I mean, uh, yes. But, you know, I mean, like both mathematically, but I also think, I don't know. I just, I don't see Leeds going to Brentford, but I hope, look, I hope I'm wrong, you know, but with Erickson as maestro, Brentford have, haven't lost very many games since he joined, you know? So, um, yeah, I worry for Leeds, man. I really do. But I guess about, let's talk about the good real quick. I just got a praise on their equalizer. Gelhart, their young striker, that move he did in the six yard box to flick it over the defender and then to square it. Like just the in- innovation was just beautiful. I loved it. And mm-hmm. the, the scenes were just crazy. But um yeah, man, I don't know. I could see Burnley easily drawing either of their remaining games which we'll talk about. So, yeah, you're right. Maybe maybe Leeds do need a result because um, they're not going to claw back the goal differential. But it would just be such a shame to see Jesse Marsh, American manager, get, get relegated. I don't want to see that happen. Mm-hmm. 
And Leeds are a much bigger club. I mean, not that that should matter, but they're a much bigger club and draw than Brindley is. Yeah, it's just, you know, when Leeds came back up to the Premier League, I was hoping and thinking it'd be just two seasons, you know. Talk about Burnley. They lost to Spurs. We already covered that game. They have two remaining games left at Villa tomorrow. And they just recently played Villa. And I thought, personally, they got smacked. And this was at home at Burnley. They scored a consolation goal, Cornet, at the end of the game. But they got smacked. They were were terrible. They were terrible. Um, So they go to Villa uh, tomorrow. And then they have home against Newcastle on the final day. If I had to bet, if I was a betting man, I think they, I think they lose again tomorrow. Burnley do, but you know it all depends on the Villa lineup. As I was talking earlier, because yeah. they play City on the weekend, do they rotate? Do they not? Is Coutinho running the show or not? You know, Newcastle on the final day, I think they pick up at least a point. Really? At least I think they get. If I had to bet, gun to my head, draw, loss, win, I'd say win for Burnley on the final day. Man, wow. Which would mean Newcastle or Leeds would need to win. But, you know, obviously that's not like a confident win for Burnley. So that's why I'm saying like if Burnley even get a draw and Leeds lose, Burnley move through. Yeah, this is where you and I differ, I think, mm-hmm. uh, out of all of our predictions. I think I might, I might be thinking with my, my head, but I think Burnley are going to lose their two remaining games. I, I hope you're right. I'm on that train. I think Leeds go down. I do, and it yeah. breaks my heart that I have to say that. Yeah, it's just, I look at Burnley, and look, they've had some good, some really good, solid performances since uh, Sean Deitch was fired, weirdly enough, except for that loss at uh, to Villa. That was the mm-hmm. one game where I was like, God, they look terrible. But But at Villa and at home to Newcastle, who I think is still on a high, even if they're away, like there's still that Newcastle wants to play for their futures at the club. Yeah. Those are not easy games. So Mm -hmm. I and Burnley without their center back partnership. Yeah, it's big. You know. So I I, I see Burnley losing the two games and I hope I'm right. Mm -hmm. Burnley's overstayed their welcome in the Premier League, don't you think? I mean, they've, to Sean Dyche's credit, I mean, I know that he's fired, but he's kept them afloat with no transfer budget for so long. Right. I mean, that right. Aston Villa game was just like two games ago for Burnley. I know yeah. it seems like a long time ago. It was not long ago at all. No. And they, I mean, they were threatening at goal here and there a little bit, but they didn't really, but except for Ashley Barnes's rip in the Spurs game that hit the post, like they didn't threaten the goal like at all. So I'm seeing them kind of recede back into their Burnley shell. So that's my prediction. Burnley loses their next few games. Burnley goes down the championship. I'm hearing Leeds relegated from you. Is that right? If I had to bet, yeah, I'm not confident. I could easily see something happen. I think Burnley loses tomorrow, though, which yeah. makes everything interesting. Uh, and then, you know, Newcastle with them. You know, Newcastle's losses as of the last five have only come against City and Liverpool. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got smacked by City, but that was off the back of a Liverpool game. So, you know, take what you can get. Um, they've won their other matches. Burnley, their wins, their winning streak was against a flat Wolves at Southampton and a Watford. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you could see it going either way. Honestly, I if I gun to my head, I say Leeds, but I'm not confident. No. Yeah. yeah. What do I want? I want Burnley to go down. 
I mean, no one, I'm not going to miss Brindley. Let's get Nottingham Forest up here and let's oh, go. Love that. Would love to get all the classic clubs back. Let's get them back. Speaking of classic clubs, we got to mm. talk about Europa League too. Oh, Europa I, League even has a race. Isn't this crazy? I, I, I totally forgot this was even, this was not even on my radar just because I kind of assumed United would finish in Europa League spot. But uh-huh. you are know what they say me, about assumptions. You reminded me just before this game. Manchester United are two points ahead of West Ham, mm. a West Ham team that are not in Europe anymore. Uh, Eintracht Frankfurt, who they lost to, won the Europa League today. Um, pretty wild shootout, but two points ahead. And so United, I would say they need, well, they can't lose for sure, but they need to go to Palace. Let's, uh, let's not forget that Man United's goal difference is 10 worse than West Ham, and so they would need a 10-0 They're not going to get a 10-0 victory at Crystal Palace. So even a draw and a West Ham win is not enough for United. Mm -hmm. They need to go to Palace, who do have a game on Thursday, as we just Mm -hmm. pointed out. They do have a game on Thursday, so they need to go to Palace and get a win. So we'll see how much Palace rotate their squad. But West Ham... Need a win, no doubt. A win, anything other than a win is not enough. But they have to go to at Brighton. Brighton's been playing decent as of late. So I don't know. If you had to predict this, I mean, it's a t- it's the one of the easier races because there's only two and there's only one game left for each team. But if you had if if you had to predict, what do you think is going to happen? I think they're both going to draw, and I think West. I think I think United qualifies for. You. No matter how beautiful it would be, in in my selfish. Spurs hat actually has nothing to do with Spurs. I just I'm tired of United's superiority complex. To see them in Europa League, or, sorry, Conference League. Yeah, let's not. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to disrespect Europa League like that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that would be hilarious. Um, but hey, you know, United could win their first trophy in like six years under Ten Hag if they were. Yeah, I mean, they could win the Europa too, but I I, I think United are going to stumble into that sixth place spot into Europa League. I don't think it's going to be this glamorous 3-0 win where they go and shut down Palace. But you never know. Palace could go all out tomorrow and rotate on Sunday or vice versa. The thing is, I think, if anything, Palace rotate tomorrow because their last game is at home. Yeah. And so at home, the send-off, what's going to happen with Saha? Who knows? But I think think Palace go all out on Sunday. I think there's a a good, there's a feel-good factor around Right now, for me, um, they were in a lot of people's relegation predictions. Just yeah. Because, like, they had such a high turnover, like 10 people's contracts ended, new mm-hmm. unproven manager, changing the style usually goes sideways real fast. Has not been the case, and Palace has produced some awesome performances against top teams under uh, yeah. Vieira, legend of the Premier League, you know? Like, it's just great to see. Even yeah, Tuchel has yeah. already come out and said Gallagher is going to come back in the summer and fight for a place. That's how good he's been at Palace. And that was not something that people thought going into the season. Maybe you thought he was just like lone army right. um, going out and out. But he'll fight. And he might get loaned out again, but he's been fantastic this season. And I mean, Broha, like, Broha right. from uh, Southampton is going to come back and do the same thing. Right, right, exactly. So... Look, so, great great yeah. season for West Ham, but I think it will end a conference league spot. Um I could I could see them beating Brighton, but um mm-hmm. I think it's a tough game. Tough. It'll be tough. 
So recapping predictions. Both of us are on City for the title, I believe. Yep. Both of us are on Tottenham for top four. It better happen. Uh, relegation, you have Burnley, I have Leeds. Yep. And Europa, we're both reluctantly saying United stumble into the sixth place spot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Lots to play for, man. So if, if that's the case, we have a City game that we're watching. We're watching the Liverpool. We're watching Tottenham. We're watching Arsenal. We're watching West Ham. We're watching United. We're watching Everton. Because that's a different game. No, Everton, that's, that's the same game as the Arsenal. We're watching Burnley. Uh-huh. Who's Burnley play again? How many, how many screens do you own? And can you yeah. set all 10 of those up? Is Burnley playing? Uh, I forgot. Newcastle. So we have a Burnley game. And then we have a uh, Leeds. Who's Leeds play? That's like all of the games. Eight games of the 10 matter. Uh-huh. So the only two, Chelsea Watford, we're not turning on. And we're not turning on. Who does Leicester play? I don't feel like I said Leicester. Leicester, Southampton, we don't give a crap about that game. Those are the only two. Eight mm-hmm. screens matter. Insane. And six, really, because Europa, Europa League, whatever. Insane. So six, six matter. Yeah, I think, I think I'll probably tune into, uh, you know, NBC has the goal zone kind of thing. where they'll Yeah. Kind of like NFL red zone. So me as a selfish Spurs fan, I'll definitely have Spurs Norwich. I don't think anyone else will, but I'll have that on second screen goal zone thing. But I mean, you know, be... you know, NBC is going to be City, the City, City game against Aston Villa. USA will be Liverpool game, likely. And then Tottenham, I don't know where they're going to. I mean, they have a, maybe Tottenham on CNBC, probably. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't think many people watch it just because Norwich is so bad and everyone kind of assumes. They might have Arsenal. If Everton lose, then they'll have Arsenal Everton on CNBC, I think. There's more on the line there. It's a bigger game. Like, if I was a neutral, I'd be stupid to want to watch Spurs Norwich. Yeah, I mean, if Everton lose, that's a big game now. Arsenal Everton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. If Everton what a, lose what at home season. against Palace, that could be, that would be spicy. What a season. And for a finish to the season like this to happen on the same fans come back to the stadium in full, mm-hmm. like, you know, it's great to see. All right. Well, we will be back on Monday to recap all of this. I think it's probably ambitious for us to do a Sunday recording for it to come out Monday, but we will do a Monday. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We're not going to promise anything, but we will do a Monday recording at the latest for a Tuesday release, recapping all of this. And then the following week, we have a Champions League final uh, that we'll have to maybe mention and do a little preview on that. So we got to go to cover. We got to cover Champions League, and I feel like maybe this is also ambitious. And I want to like sell high and you know under what is it under promise over deliver. There we go. There we go. Yeah, we might have some end of season awards coming. Question. Oh, question mark. Oh, we definitely do. Yeah. Is it next week? No, no, it's not. It's not. We have too much to talk about. Yeah, but in following weeks we will cover. But yeah, next week, we don't have to tell you what's happening. We're going to recap every single race and get our thoughts on which teams uh, delivered and which teams choked. Hopefully a Spurs is not in that choke category because that would be the biggest choke I've ever seen. Yeah, ever. I think that would, that would take the cake in terms of like Spurs choke situations. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was that 
food poisoning thing 15, 20 years ago. Mm, this is bigger. Still, still remember, but this, this would be more colossal. Yeah. Given the opponent. Yeah, absolutely. All right. For Kyle, I'm Justin. Follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen. We will be back next Monday to recap all of the races. Until then, see you next week.